0: Welcome to another episode of A Need to Read, you absolute legends. I hope everyone is well in the run-up to Christmas and uh, hasn't caught a bug that's going around because I'm pretty sure something is rife at the moment. Um, I was pretty ill, which is why the guest episode this week was on Monday and not Thursday because I couldn't record a podcast because I couldn't speak. It was uh, it was weird, I had a pretty bad throat. But now we're back and today's episode is going to be on Mindfulness in Plain English by Henepala. Hennepala. Ganaratana, Hanepala Ganaratana. That is probably not how you say it, but that is how I read it. And the title's simple enough. It's mindfulness in plain English. I'd read this book about two or three years ago, and I thought it was all right at the time. I wasn't that into meditation. Obviously, since then, it's become quite a staple in my life, and I am trying to take it a little bit more seriously as much as one can take something like mindfulness and meditation that seriously. So I thought I'd read it again because me and Yusuf spoke about it and it'd been a while and I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it way more this time around than the first time around. So before I get into what is actually in the book and why I enjoyed it and why you might enjoy it as well, just a quick word from the sponsors of the show. Now the podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and BetterHelp provide therapy on the line and here's a few things that get in the way of people going into therapy. One is finding a therapist can be overwhelming. Two, it's quite expensive and it puts people off. Three, there's stigma around it. People think it's not okay to reach out for help. Well, in terms of finding a therapist, BetterHelp will match you with a therapist based on your needs within a 10-minute questionnaire. In terms of price, it is just under 200 quid for the month. That is one session a week, every week. That is cheaper than standard face-to-face counselling. And the stigma around it, I think people who reach out for help are the bravest. It takes a lot of courage to say, hey, I could do with a little bit of guidance here. Can I speak to a professional? I tip my hat off to all those people. I know how difficult it is. I didn't want to do it to begin with and it completely changed my life. So if you want to start your therapy journey, head to betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read and you'll get 10% off of your first month. The podcast is also sponsored by Heights, and Heights are your all-in-one brain care supplement. Now, brain care supplement might not be something that you're interested in, but you're taking whey protein shakes and all of these different things to make your muscles bigger, but you're ignoring your brain. And guess what, everyone? Your brain's more important than your muscles. Consider this pill that you get from Heights, a whey protein shake for your brain. I have been taking it now for about four months. I've noticed things improving in my focus, reduction in anxiety slightly. My sleep is better. It doesn't cure everything straight away, but supporting your brain in the right way is always going to be a good idea because it controls fucking everything. You can get 10% off of your subscription to Heights with the code need to read, which is with the number two and not the word. Um, there's a link for that in the description and you can check out all the data around brain health and stuff like that, that they have on the website. But now that is out of the way, let's get into this episode. I'm quite excited, I'm going to do this in a new format. I've printed my notes off of Kindle and I'm just going to say the different bits and what it made me think of. So let me know if you think this is a terrible way of doing things, I'm going to give it a good go. I think the obvious thing with this book is that in the title it is quite literally mindfulness in plain English. And at the start the guy's just like basically it's a really complicated subject and people try and flex how much they know about it. By making it really complicated. So, he has just made it a really simple and accessible way to have a look at insight meditation or vipassana meditation. Now, if you've been listening for a while, you know, when I've spoken to uh, Dave about meditation or when me and Yusuf spoke about it recently, we were talking about vipassana meditation. This is kind of like mindfulness meditation, but it adds a layer of concentration to it. So when you've learned to meditate through like Headspace or Waking Up app, it will all be some form of mindfulness meditation. That's what the research is suggesting is beneficial for you. Um, what the research doesn't suggest and kind of something that you touched upon last week is that it can be turning into a bit of a mindfulness movement. And I really like the way that he said that because it is being simplified it's being simplified and that's positive to bring it to the masses, but the reasons that meditation was invented is to like face reality head on and, and to be prepared for life as best as possible in a mindful way so that you can make the most of your time here on this planet. And that gets lost in translation when you just do it for a couple of minutes a day. Um, although that is beneficial, I think some is better than none, but... One thing this book has kind of highlighted to me, and I always kind of try and ig- ignore the message from others, is that meditation actually does take a bit of effort, and um, you've, you've got to be willing to sit down and, and put the work in. The kind of counterproductive thing about that is that when you think about putting the work into something, I, I automatically think about like pushing at something or like pushing something um, that's heavy that It's like that kind of effort, but it's not that effort with meditation. You have to just sit there and it's like a relaxed, surrendering kind of effort, which doesn't sound like it makes so much sense, but you have to switch the way that you look at effort with meditation. You have to think, yeah, I am going to put effort into that, but that effort is in letting go and sitting back and surrendering. And you'll find often that that is actually harder than just shutting your eyes, gritting your teeth and pushing really hard at something. One of the things I really liked about the book is like the chapter titles. So throughout here, it, has like chapter one is why bother, chapter two, what meditation isn't, chapter three, what meditation is. And essentially all the questions that you would have um, about Vipassana meditation, if you're going to be one of those people that takes like mindfulness and stuff a little bit more seriously than they currently do, this is the most comprehensive guide because it just answers all your questions Um I think it was written in like 1994 as well, so it's quite an old book. Um, but I think the lessons from mindfulness don't change. It's just we're in a more distracted world now, so it's kind of probably more needed um, than ever. But at, at the start of the book, he comes out with this quote that says... You can't make radical changes in the pattern of your life until you begin to see yourself exactly as you are now. As soon as you do that, changes will flow naturally. You don't have to force anything to struggle or obey rules dictated to you by some authority. It is automatic. You just change. But arriving at that initial insight is quite a task. You have to see who you are and how how you are without illusion, judgment or resistance of any kind. I think a lot of people's problems at the moment, and this could be quite harsh, philosophy to have but i do think i'm right about this i think is that people are just not willing to look at like what is in front of them and be objective and i do think that's a problem i think it's when anger comes up all right anger's here it's not that someone said something that makes you angry it's just that anger is here the sensation of anger is there why is it there what does that feel like People aren't investigating the stuff enough, we're looking surface level, and I think what meditation helps you do is just go below the surface a little bit, and it's really, really important that we we try and do that, because I don't know if I've spoken about it that much on the podcast, but I used to be a bit of an angry, angry boy, I think I had an asterisk next to my name in the register at school, because I was just, uh, I just had anger problems. I mean, I look back now, and I'm like, oh, that is so uncool, um but at the time I didn't really know how to regulate my emotions, whereas now I do. And I think the fact that I've now meditated for 604 days in a row, over 250 hours of meditation, I respond to things with far less rage than stuff that I usually would. If if something actually catches my attention that would make me angry, I'm instantly curious of that as opposed to instantly in it um and i think that is a real kind of sign that meditation is working is not being sort of a a slave to your emotions i think they talk about that in stoicism um i can't tell you who but one of them does epictetus seneca one of one of those cheeky bastards loved the fact that we're a slave to our mind and said about it um, I would say it was maybe Epictetus because he was actually a slave um, at one point, but that's not relevant. Um, just uh, I I've had profound benefits in my life from meditation, and I like, I do suggest everyone gives it a go and gives it a proper go as well, um, because I'll read you another quote. Actually, it's quite relevant. Meditation, properly performed, prepares you to meet the ups and downs of existence. It reduces your tension, fear, and worry. Restlessness recedes and passion moderates. Things begin to fall into place and your life becomes a glide instead of a struggle. All of this happens through understanding. And that is pretty true, really, because meditation does just prepare you for things in life. I feel like through meditation, you get to meet the parts of you that you're least, least willing to look at, least lilling. Least willing to have a look at head on it introduces you to the parts of you that judge yourself, the parts of you that want to quit the bits that need to give up there's loads of different bits that are shown to you during the course of like a a solid meditation session um and people get it confused that it's like a a relaxation technique um but it's not it's about facing that stuff the your incessant thoughts and in meditation are there for a reason, and it's through the practice of meditation that you get to change. How you deal with those thoughts when they come in, which eventually slows the bombardment of of thought, which is it's it's quite a a cool thing to have happen I think from going from living a life where I was completely just running away with my own mind, I think coming to this point where i'm I'm being a lot more mindful just day to day and it's making me a lot happier. And maybe I don't mean happy by like pleasure and joy, but I just mean peaceful, and I think that's quite an important thing, especially for people who are, like have a propensity to be quite anxious. Like I've had previously, um, it's quite a treat to not feel like that. Um. Anyway, back back to the book. When he talked about the practice. I think one thing that people tend to do is is just do it for a set amount of time and then just remain at that point. Um, but they don't do that in other parts of their life. So they go to the gym or they go running or it doesn't matter what level of exercise you do, you make it harder yourself as you go on so that you reap more benefits from it. Um, people just stop at 10 minutes of meditation. I know people who have meditated for four or five years and have just been doing 10 minutes a day. I feel like... Like there needs to be some kind of like hunger for for more, not to the extent we like. Right, well, I'll just meditate for three hours a day. But if you're already getting the benefits of something, you're like, Oh my god, meditation works for me so much to the point that you are willing to do it every day. Wouldn't you just push it a little bit further? Um, I can get carried away in it sometimes, and I'm like, right, well, I'll just I'll do an hour and a half today, and I'll try, and then I'll fail at that and get really disappointed in myself, which defeats the whole object of meditation. Um, but what he says in the book is he suggests that whatever you feel that you can fit into your life right now, do that and then an extra five minutes. Just in terms of pushing yourself because like I'm at quite a conflict of whether I want to push myself or whether I want to like be sort of less pushy with myself. But I think in meditation I'd like to push a little bit further. And it's like I said at the start, it's not the kind of effort that we normally associate the word like pushing with it's a different different type of uh, effort so he has, he essentially in the in the book assesses everything you need for meditation um so i'll I'll give you most of it but I would suggest if you want to get a real understanding of a pastor who's going and doing a course um I'll be doing a course at some point during 2022 going and doing the 10 day silent retreat I think most people I've spoken to have said it's been life-changing. So if if it means that I don't go on my phone for 10 days, well, so be it. I think life-changing is kind of worth it. Um, but there is also Meditation Dave has a free Vipassana online course that you can do from your home if you're keen for it. I just want to go and do one in person. Um, I'll put a link to that in the description. But here is my advice on how to meditate as per Hanapala I remember his name from the start it says your posture you need to be sat up straight i know a lot of people like to meditate lying down or well yeah they like to meditate lying down when really what they're doing there is just kind of resting a little bit and focusing on the breath it's not really meditation but if you absolutely cannot sit down then then don't but if you have the option of it like it's, you're meant to be doing that your your spine is essentially meant to be stacked on top of each other like coins um in a row so you're meant to be completely upright and apparently it does tough your nervous system um and the way that you're sensation moves through the body which is important for the meditation so make sure you sat up straight ideally on a meditation cushion with your legs crossed um, but he says chair is is fine if if you can't do that but I think it just comes to a case of like what you put into it is what you get I'm sure meditating lying down is going to be beneficial um, but just not as beneficial as sitting down but that could be said the same for it's beneficial to go for a three mile run but it could be more beneficial to go for a marathon kind of run I think it's that kind of scale. When you're doing it, you don't listen to music and you don't listen to someone speaking. It is just pure silence. So silence and focusing on where the air comes out of your nose, which other, I'm pretty sure scientists would call that a nostril. (laughs) So I don't know why I said it like that. Um, But that's where you focus on the um, air coming in and out of your nostrils. If you're thinking, which you probably will be, it's at the point when you're thinking and you recognise when you're thinking. That's when you're being mindful. So don't give yourself a hard time if you think, oh my God I keep recognizing that I'm thinking. It's like, cool, you're doing the right thing. You're doing you're practicing. Just consider it all practice. And the more you practice, the better you get. So when you're there and you're meditating and you've done your like maybe five like deep breaths at the start just to get into like tune with your breath then you focus on the nose and then thoughts are going to come naturally and all you have to do is just shine a light briefly on what is trying to distract you recognize that it's there just like yeah not now bud not just yet I've got to focus on my breath for a moment you just bring yourself back to the breath I've done meditation Dave's one day Vipassana course and He described this in two ways, which I'll go through now. One of them is the myth of Sisyphus, which is kind of my favourite metaphor for life, really. Um, Sisyphus was supposedly some old guy in Grecian times, and the gods, because of his arrogance and his lavish lifestyle, condemned him for eternity to push a rock up a hill. And when he got to the top of the hill... The massive fucking boulder that he was pushing up there had to roll to the bottom. So we had to go and start again. And he was condemned to doing that for eternity. Um, eternity is a long time, so I think that would kind of suck. Meditation describes med- um, Meditation Dave describes meditation like this. But consider yourself Sisyphus in this scenario. But it's actually real life and it's not for eternity. Over time, the boulder will become lighter as you get stronger. And that's all it is. It'll get to a point where you're walking the boulder up the hill as if it was a pebble, as opposed to a boulder. The other way, he says, is to treat the mind as a dog. And You know when you're walking along with a dog and they just want to go and sniff everything because for some reason dogs like sniffing piss and other people's, I don't know, anything. Anything that a dog fa- likes to smell. You don't just fucking yank them as hard as you can back so they're on your heel. You just give them a little tug. You just tug him back. <laughs> So that's how you treat your mind. When thoughts come up, you just tug it back to the breath. It's like, yeah, now come here. Come back. Come back. Um, I've expanded on Hennepola's sort of advice here, but if you were wondering how to meditate and you couldn't be bothered to, I don't know, YouTube something for free, or go to headspace.com forward slash need to read, where you can get a month for free, yeah? They're not sponsoring this episode, but... They do sponsor another one, so um, give them a shout out. Um, Headspace taught me to meditate initially, and now I'm just using the timer. So, big up to Headspace. Um, One of the main things about meditation that I've learned from this book that I haven't really realised so much recently is that the point of meditation is to be more mindful in life. I think it's so easy to forget that we're like, right. Well, I'll give myself ten minutes of mindfulness today and the rest of a uh, rest of my day I'm going to run around like a fucking headless chicken uh until tomorrow morning again I sit down and meditate for 10 minutes and get finally get to relax uh it's easy to forget that that's not that's not how we're meant to do things I think we're meant to notice more in our everyday lives so I've been trying that since finishing this book this morning I've been trying to be a little bit more present and a little bit more less on my phone because I mean I I don't know the solid evidence for this. I know Daniel Gilbert, a guy who wrote Stumbling on Happiness. He did a study called The Wandering Mind and he it sounds obvious, but people who were more pre, more in the present moment did report greater levels of satisfaction and happiness in their lives. So it it makes sense that being more present would lead to a better life. Um the whole better thing is kind of subjective and I I've, I've been looking into like suffering and pleasure recently, um, which is quite interesting, and I I will do a podcast on that soon. But the whole point of, like, meditating is to become more present. I sound stupid for being surprised at that, but I I think it's quite easy to forget. And I mean, with a lot of these things, I'm sure I'm not alone in forgetting that. And, and treating it with a different kind of philosophy of like right I'm just going to do 10 minutes of mindfulness and then I'm going to fucking go at the day and win the day it's actually no I think the more you meditate the sort of easier it is to let go of wanting and desire and envy and all of these kind of negative things that make our lives hell essentially because we want for other things we want to be elsewhere we want to be doing different things we forget that we're actually where we are already and that's that's quite a cool place to be um, if you choose to look at it that way. So that's what this book has kind of brought me in, into the mindset of. Um, another thing is Metta. Now, Metta meditation is like a loving-kindness meditation. Um, he actually says that it is a loving-friendliness kind of meditation because the word Metta um, comes from a Pali word, Mitra, which means friends. Um, so that's why he does loving friendliness in the book, as opposed to loving kindness, which is probably usually how you feel about Metta, or, or hear about Metta. The whole idea of Metta meditation, and Sam Harris has a really good like five-day course on this, on his app, um, which I'm pretty sure you can get a free trial on just by going to like, WakingUpApp.com. Um, the the objective of this meditation is to become a little bit more compassionate, a little bit more kind, and that includes to yourself. So your first attempt at meta meditation would look a little bit like this. You'd be sat there and you'd be getting yourself into a calm state, and then in your mind you just repeat the mantra of, like, I wish myself no harm, I wish to be free of suffering, and just say kind things to yourselves, which I'm I'm not a massive fan of affirmations, but... I mean, this is from the Buddha himself, so it's better than from someone on Instagram, isn't it? Um, And then the next time you do it, you would not be so self-centred with your loving friendliness. You would push that out into the world a little bit more, maybe family members. And it comes to a point at the end of the five days where you're wishing well on people who you would consider potentially your enemies. Um, I don't know if having enemies is something that people usually do nowadays. I feel like that is kind of exclusively for uh, films, but maybe that's maybe that's me being naive like I, if someone was my enemy i'd probably just say to them mate hey, should we just um why well, should we sort this out because this is this isn't very grown up is it and maybe that's cuz i meditate maybe if i didn't meditate i wouldn't think like that you never know so yeah he gets you to love your enemies which is uh it sounds like some jesus kind of shit but it's uh it seems to make you feel good in the moment. It does seem to change your state when you do meta. I wouldn't do it every day, because um, I can't be I can't be bothered to like people so much. I want to hug them on the street and stuff like that. It would be a lot to deal with, um, and people would frown upon that nowadays because obviously the old coronavirus. One final thing on this book, which I do think is really good, and I do think if you are interested in mindfulness and meditation and, and understanding a little bit deeper in that sense, you should get the book. The whole point of mindfulness is essentially to understand and come to terms with the like Buddhism's deepest truths of existence, which in Pali, which is a language that isn't English, they're called anicca, dukkha, and anatta. So anicca is impermanence, Dukkha is unsatisfactoriness and Anatta is selflessness, the absence of a permanent and unchanging entity we call the soul or self. So I think through Buddhist teachings you're meant to understand that there is no self, this you that you care so much for does not actually exist, which is something that is quite hard to come to terms with and I'm not sure I'm quite there yet dukkha the whole unsatisfactoriness is essentially that there is suffering and that is a universal constant in life and and that is just how it's meant to be and i think i've finally come to terms with that that the whole there is sadness there is lots of wide range of emotions that you're going to experience in life and there are going to be injustices and and cruel things happening in the world and and that is kind of just how how it's and then Annika, impermanence that's like nothing is forever, YOLO, you know, you only live once, everyone, don't know if you've heard that one recently, maybe left that in 2015, Um, I personally am very aware of the fact that I'm going to die, I know that there are some people who prefer to avoid those kind of thoughts, I think embracing the finitude of life helps you live it well, it helps you not like make the most of every day because that would be fucking exhausting Um and I'm sure if you live like every day as if it was your last you wouldn't bother turning up to work like as much as I love this podcast like if it was my last day on earth I wouldn't fucking do a podcast would I? I'm pretty sure no one would spend their last day on earth doing any form of work I think maybe I'm wrong though who knows um, I I think I'm right and I also think Buddhism is right I think Buddhism is right for the most part on pretty much everything. I've read Why Buddhism is True by Robert Wright Um, within the last year, definitely, and it was very good. It was a nice understanding of how Buddhism works in terms of psychology and with evolution, every kind of stuff as well. So if you are interested in it, that is quite a good book, uh, if you want to break it it down and, and understanding it a little bit more. But they're just like... People see them as a religion, but it's more of a philosophy. It's got no dogma. It doesn't tell you exactly how to do things. It's just like, well, maybe you should you should try this. And I quite like that. I don't really like being told what to do. And also, I'm an atheist, so I don't really have to do um, anything that a religion tells me. And nor should you. Even if even if you believe in it, you don't have to do what they tell you. I just want to let you know that um, you don't have to, but you do have to meditate. No, you don't really. I would suggest reading this book if you like meditation. If you're not into it, give it a go. But if you really don't like it, uh, I can't tell you what to do. can I? You, and Even if I did, I wouldn't listen to me. Um, make your own choices. But the book is very good. All of the relevant links are in the description. If you can share this episode with someone that you like or love or who likes meditation, that would be great. I'd really appreciate that. If you can sign up to my email list, I'll have some announcements coming soon. I know that's a really annoying thing for people to say, but honestly, I don't even know what the announcements are myself, but I'm sure I'll be having some. So sign up to the email list. It's in the link in the description. There's stuff for BetterHelp Heights. ExpressVPN is a new person that I've partnered with as well. So if you want to protect your privacy and your data on the internet, then you can get a money-back guarantee with ExpressVPN. Uh, Also, if you live in a country like... um, Australia and you can't get BBC iPlayer you can if you use Express VPN and you change your VPN location it's pretty interesting Um, I used it when I lived in Bali and when I lived in Oz, you might make use of it there is a link in the description for it love you bye